Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could never edit that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I'm all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast. If you love listening to conversations with writers and learning more about their books, what they're reading and their paths to publication, then you're in the right place. My name is Maya Linnell and I'm thrilled to be guest hosting today's episode. I'll be talking with Lee Christine, who loves including a potent cocktail of crime and high-stakes suspense in her novels. Lee's latest crime adventure, Crackenback, was released by Allen and Unlin in February. Crackenback was a thrilling read full of twists and turns right from the opening chapter. I had a fabulous time in the snow with the main characters, Eva and Jack, and the two police officers, Ryder and Flowers. Just like I devoured Charlotte Pass, your 2020 release, I was delighted with the suspense, the atmosphere, and the crime aspect of Crackenback. Congratulations on another fantastic read, Lee. Thanks very much, Maya. Now, Lee, before we get into the nitty gritty of the book, I'd love to know where you're talking to us from today. I'm in my home office in southwest Victoria. Whereabouts are you located? I'm located in Newcastle, so I'm at home in Newcastle, New South Wales. And can you share with us the premise of Crackenback in a nutshell, please? The story's about a single mother running an isolated ski lodge in Threadbow when an injured man bursts in, covered in blood as she's getting ready to welcome the first guest to the lodge for the start of ski season. Um, so it's a story of bravery, courage and revenge and ultimately survival and how kids are stronger than they imagine themselves to be. It's a really gripping read and I very much enjoyed it, Lee. The Alpine setting I thought was a character all of its own. It's about as close to the snow as many of us are likely to get anytime soon. Can you please tell us why you've chosen to set your last two books there? Well, I love the snowy mountains. Uh, spent a, I've spent a lot of time down there. I went down there originally. My first trip was when I was in year eight at high school, like many, uh, going on school excursions. And I loved it then. And then when I got married and we had children and that 
Um, we made a few trips down there again and we kept going back every year because we really liked it. And then my daughter became a ski instructor and so she was, I think she did seven seasons in the snow. So then I got into knowing a lot of the the people that work down there, the itinerant workers that sort of follow the winter, follow the snow and, you know, come down to Australia and New Zealand for our winter season and then go back to the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, so it was great getting to know all those people. But I just think it's such a unique area in Australia as well. And it's, you know, right from the, the gold rush in the 1800s through to, you know, we all know the man from Snowy River and the, the stories of the stockmen, as well as that, the Snowy Hydro build after World War II, the immigrants that came and, and lived in the Cooma migrant camp and built the Snowy Hydro, which is still regarded as one of the greatest engineering feats in the world, um, it, it just lends itself to, it, it's got a, a diverse and uh, a lot of uh, cultural significance. The, the, the whaler, the Brumbies that were bred down there, the horse breeding grounds for... Um, uh, you know, for the Boer War, they they were told by Mother England to to breed a certain horse um, for, for the Boer War, and they were used to get in World War Two. So there were lots of horse breeding camps down there, and I just think it's it's a really fascinating area. And I couldn't really find too many books set down there. I thought that was a really nice change of pace, Lee, and that was one of the main reasons I was so keen to pick it up when Charlotte Pass came out last year because it was so different from everything else I'd been reading recently. So kudos to you for making that um, decision with your setting. Thank you. And what type of feedback have you been receiving, Lee, about Crack and Back? Yeah, it all seems really positive at the moment. Um, everybody seems to um, have enjoyed it. Charlotte Pass was so well received that I was, you know, I was worried. We, you know, as, as authors that, uh, you know, we always want that, that second book to be as good, if not better than the first one. So I really had that in my mind when I was writing it. But, uh, you know, we're never sure really until it gets out there. But all of the feedback and reviews and everything so far have been absolutely positive. So I'm very pleased about that. It is a relief, isn't it, when it's out in the world and it's doing really well. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> now, going back to when it all began, can you tell us when and why you decided to write a novel? Was it something that you'd always wanted to do? Well, it was something that I... Yes, did aspire to, but I think my first foray into writing was as a teenager. I was in a band in year 11, 12, and the year after I left high school, and we used to sing semi-professionally around Newcastle, and we cut an LP record back in those days and appeared on Travelling Out West, which was a show up here, a local, uh, locally produced show up here um, that was fronted by John Williamson before he came, you know, the national treasure that he is today, I guess. Um, and so my first foray into writing was writing song lyrics and trying to, to tell a story through, through a song. But, you know, I was never going to write a number one hit. So I had to uh, <laughs> I had to keep going and and fiddle and and uh, write a few articles for magazines and have a, had a few false starts and finally got there. 
Well, that's fantastic. I think everyone's pretty happy that uh, that came about. Lee, I love hearing how other authors got their foot in the door. And we also share the same publisher at Alan Unwin, Annette Barlow. Can you tell me how your manuscript landed on Annette's desk and, and how your book contract came about, please? Yes, well, I, as um, I was saying to you before, I, you know, I, I, I wanted to set this book in, in Charlotte Pass. And if I can just go back a little, um, back to the setting, I think that we don't get tourists from overseas coming here for the ski season. We don't get tourists coming to Australia um, you know, to ski, whereas we do get them to, to come to see Uluru or to come to, to Kakadu and to come to the Outback. So I just thought that this, to set it in our snowy mountains, which is really just domestic tourism um, and really only known by Australians, like no one goes, says, well, I'm going on a ski holiday in Australia. Most Europeans don't even know that it snows here. They associate Australia with that outback, with the desert, with the Great Barrier Reef um, and those locations. So I thought to set it in our snowy mountains, which is where Australians ski, but is you know, it's not going to appeal to an overseas market because I think if people want to read a snow story, they're going to read um, something that's set, you know, like the Scandinoir um, over in, in, in Scandinavia, in Norway and Sweden, or they're going to read a, a story, you know, in the French Alps or something or Canada. They don't, you know, I don't, I don't think uh, a story in our, in our ski fields, you know, they're probably... I've heard people say, does it really snow in Australia? It doesn't snow in Australia, does it? You know, I'm like, yes, it does. So how it landed on <laughs> Annette's desk is that I was writing this story for about 18 months and my agent really liked it. She was saying, this is a really good story, you know, and, uh, and I like the location too. So she submitted it, I think, because it is a uniquely Australian story in that, unique location that has all the history going back to to what I mentioned before, I think an, a uniquely Australian publisher like Alan and Unwin is just perfect for it um, because, as we know, you know, they are the biggest in, independent publisher in Australia and they've won, you know, Best Australian Publisher 14 times or whatever. And I just thought that story suited that publisher and that's where my agent sent it. And Annette gave me a contract very quickly, which I'm very appreciative of. And hot off the press, congratulations on your shortlisting in the Australian Romance Readers Association Awards for Charlotte Pass as well. I know. For uh, Romantic Suspense Book of the Year. That's wonderful. Oh, thank you. And I was so surprised because I'd been writing Crackenback and, and doing all the edits for that, so I didn't even know I'd been nominated. The first thing that I... I heard of it was when the email arrived from ARA, which was fantastic, a lovely surprise to wake up to. And it isn't your first nomination with the Australian Romance Readers either, is it? You must still be in, on cloud nine. <laughs> yeah, I had uh, a couple before. Um, I think it was up for, I think, In Safe Arms. My second novel was up for an ARA favourite romantic suspense and also A Dangerous Arrangement. So third time lucky, I hope. Although I've got I've got some stiff competition, Maya. 
Absolutely. No, there's some fantastic <laughs> authors in there, aren't there, in the running for the uh, yes. awards. Great to be shortlisted. Absolutely. Writing can be quite a solitary occupation with lots of time at the desk and it's really important to have a network around you. What type of writing community do you have, Lee? And are you a part of a writing group or do you regularly meet other writers for coffee? A tough year this past year with COVID because we've moved like everyone else online. Um, but just the other night, our Newcastle group here um, who meet at one of the regular bowling clubs, they've got a big basement and we meet there every month. So it was our first in-person um, meeting back after 12 months. So that was really special. Um, and we have some wonderful um, writers in that group. We have um, Annie West and Michelle Douglas who write um, for Harlequin UK. Um, we have Jay Ford, who's another um, Newcastle crime writer, myself. And we have um, some really lovely, young, aspiring young women in that group who are writing fantasy and that. So it's, that's a fantastic group. Um, so we all really enjoyed that first meeting the other night. And then there's another group um, that I go up to in Maitland. It's called the Hunter Romance Writers. They've been going for a long time and I'm a member of, uh, of that group as well. And we're, we're still on Zoom at this point. We haven't met up, but can't be too far away now. But it is important to, um, to have that writing community uh, around you just to, um, as you say, to have coffee or we meet for, for dinner out at um, the Katara Bowling Club uh, before we have our meeting out there. And, you know, that is important because it is very solitary and we're all scattered, aren't we, all across Australia, you know. Uh, so it's great to get together um, with the ones in your own area. Fantastic. Well, that segues really nicely into my next question, Lee, because I know that a lot of listeners who tune into the Words and Nerds podcast with Danny are aspiring writers and they're always keen for some words of wisdom from people who have got their foot in the door and done it all before. Have you got any particular tips as well as finding a writing community that you would um, share with some aspiring writers? Well, I can only share my own experience and th that was to join RWA, Romance Writers of Australia. Um, and this was back, you know, when I joined, it was 2008. So the whole ebook thing was just exploding during that time. And it was publishing was in a state of flux, which probably it still is to a certain extent. So um, that's the time I, I, you know, got serious about it. And so I joined RWA and through that I started entering contests. And so um, I also joined Romance Writers of America and entered the first book that I wrote in some contests and I started getting feedback and submitting more and more. And then In Safe Hands, which was a launch title for Escape Publishing when they um, launched, uh, that was I had a manuscript ready to go and that one, I think it won about three firsts in America. It came second in the Valerie Path out here and um, got a commended in the Clendon in New Zealand. And so I was sitting on this manuscript and they just announced it at the RWA conference. So it really does pay to join RWA um, because I started entering the contest and then I was at the conference with a finished manuscript when Harlequin Australia um, announced that they were starting the digital platform called Escape Publishing. 
and called for manuscripts. And I had that one ready to go. So I sent it in and it was chosen as one of their launch titles. And that's how I got my foot in the door. So I would have to say it's RWA, definitely. Fantastic. And as a fellow RWA member, I can certainly vouch for that. I feel like it's been quite instrumental in my journey as well. So I think that's a wonderful piece of advice, Lee. Thank you. (laughs) Now, I love hearing which stories other bookworms are enjoying. Can you give us a recommendation for a great Australian book that listeners might like to pick up in 2021? Well, if they haven't already read The Good Teacher, I would read that uh, novel by Petronella McGovern. I really enjoyed that. Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a mix. It's a, it's a family story, but also uh, a, like a mystery, a mystery um, crime story all rolled into one and set on Sydney's northern beaches, I think, and um, it's just it's it's just really well written, and I just love that story. I couldn't put it down. It is a slow burn; it doesn't get off. It's not one that keeps you sort of, you know, reading through the night and everything. But it's always great to get back to it. And, and she really is the, the queen of the of the slow burn. I think you know it just it builds and builds and builds and. And, uh, and burns away until you get to the end and, you know, it's all happening. So I really, really enjoyed that, that story. I couldn't put that down either. I sound like I'm just repeating everything you've said, Lee, but <laughs> I, I agree. I thought that was a great read too. Yeah. Now, I know there are many readers cheering for your Detective Flowers, who is in both Charlotte Pass and Krakenback. Can you tell us, will he get his own story soon? I think you've got a lot of fans out there who love Detective Flowers. Yes, I know. For some reason, he just he's tickle people's fancy, I think. <laughs> um, yes, look, the third book, um, which I'm, so, I'm doing at the moment, is, is, is De- Detective Flower's story. So um, he takes the lead role in this one because... Uh, Detective Ryder is caught up on the Hutton case. He's he, not the Hutton case. He's he's in and out of court for for the hearing of that um, as as a carry on. So he's he's in and out in and out. Still there as a major character. Still uh, a third of the books in his point of view. A third in Flowers and a third in Meredith Sterling. But it's really uh, Detective Flowers is taking the lead in this investigation. Fabulous. Uh, Yes, Yes. and that one's called Dead Horse Gap. That's the working title anyway. And when can we expect to see that on the bookshelves? Not sure at the moment. I'm hoping for February, hoping. (laughs) Fantastic. We'll all be marking our calendars and uh, trying to find out what's next. I'd love a little insight into a typical day in the life of uh, Lee Christine, the best-selling author. (laughs) Can you please tell us what type of things you do when you're writing? Are you a morning writer? Are you chained to your desk? Do you go out to cafes? What's uh, your typical day look Uh, like? My typical day is I'm not an early riser, so I'm not someone who gets up at five o'clock and has their 1,500 words written before nine. Uh, That's not me. Uh, So I usually start writing about 10. Um, So I get up in in the morning. Sometimes I go for a walk depending on how hot it is. Um, I'll come home, have a bit of breakfast and start about uh, 10 o'clock. And then I'll write for a couple of hours until lunchtime, have a bit of a break. Sometimes I'll do a bit more after lunch and then go uh, out and do a bit of running around. Sometimes I'll leave that until later in the afternoon if I'm sort of if the words are flowing. Um, But I don't 
really sit at my desk, I find that um, I've got stuff spread all over my desk. So I've got like a big poster board and pages and stacks of books that I've used for research. That's all there for me to go and get. But I tend to carry that out the back. So when I say the back, I'm talking about our family room because I have a, an Irish wheat and terrier, Honey, um, and so she's great company during the day. And so if it's nice, I'll take the computer out onto the back veranda or I'll just sit in the family room when she's usually somewhere near me. Um, and I'll, I usually just write in the back room. I don't write in cafes. I can't concentrate um, when I'm in cafes if I can hear people talking and I'm trying to think, write something, you know, about a murder or, you know, some, something like that. I can't, I can't have voices, you know, surrounding me. So, um, yeah, it needs to be fairly quiet now is out now in all good bookstores it's in paperback you can listen in on audiobook or you can read it on ebook newsletter and a social media presence lee where can people find you online well they can find me on instagram uh twitter facebook i have a facebook page <clears throat> um they can also find me on uh leechristine.com.au uh, that's my website and I have one of those pop-up menus and a contact page where you can sign up to my newsletter, which is probably <clears throat> in light of what's happening with Facebook at the moment, I guess that that's a good option is to sign up to the newsletter and if something does happen or if it isn't resolved, then um, that's a way of, of, you know, keeping up to date. And I don't spam, uh, spam people with newsletters. I'm lucky to send one every three or four months. Um, just to let you know where I'm up to and everything, but I'm not sending them out every week or even monthly. A big thanks to Danny for letting us hijack the Words and Nerds podcast today. It's lovely to have you as my guest, Lee. I've really enjoyed speaking with you about Crack and Back and I loved reading it as well. It's great to get an insight into your writing day and thanks also to everyone for tuning in today. And thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, Maya. My pleasure, Lee. Thank you.